0: Thank God once again. This is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for taking time to join our Truth Matters podcast, and we're going to be doing a summary and finalizing our teaching in our episodes on UFOs Factor Fiction. And we want to make sure that we just take, as our custom is, time to pray. Father, we thank you again for life today. We thank you for your manifold and bountiful blessings. We thank you for your grace, your unmerited favor. Thank you for saving our souls. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a heart and desire to stand for your word. We thank you for the people of God. You strengthen them, those who are going through great tests and great trials and tribulations. You keep them, Lord God, in the very center of your heart and mind and will. Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You're the great provider. You make a way for every person who is looking to you for help, for strength, for comforts and peace. Lord God, you stand by and let them know that you will always help them to stand as they stand in you. in Christ Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. And we've been uh, in this particular study on UFOs, whether they're fact and fiction, and we want to really just give you what we consider to be the meat of this particular study, that you as a person of God, when you're confronted with those who don't believe in the Bible or they don't believe in uh, spiritual things such as the Word of God because Maybe they scientifically or through some esoteric medium believe that you know there's other explanations for life other than what God shared in His divine revelation. And I think that ever since the or, the original USS Enterprise first zoomed across television screens at the warp speed back in 1966, and um, Gene Roddenberry's space fantasy Star Trek. It captivated people's imaginations. Space epics like Star Trek make it easy to dream that one day NASA will find a way to send astronauts beyond our solar system to distant planets. I hate to be a spoiler, but imagination is where such journeys must begin and also end. See, the problem is distance is a huge issue. Please take note of this. The nearest star to our star, the sun, is 25 trillion miles away. Even if that star were orbited by a planet, it would take, even with our SpaceX and all of our fast-moving rockets, it would take NASA's fastest spacecraft 112,000 years just to get there. That's a long time, isn't it? Even if we took turns driving and resting and rotating, we would never be able to. Radiation exposure for just a fraction of that time would be deadly for any person in that craft. See, traveling at speeds approaching the velocity of light wouldn't even help. The faster an object travels through space, I want you all to catch this the greater the damage from collisions with particles such as little protons and neutrons and electrons, even photons. And then of course we know that space is cluttered with debris. Meteorites the size of dust particles have punched holes as big as silver dollars in the Hubble Space Telescope solar panels. If the relatively slow-moving telescopes have been traveling a thousand times faster, the damage would have been a million times worse because the effect increases by the square of the speed. We all know that. Even an expedition lasting just a few thousand years would necessarily extend through multiple generations. It's important in this Truth Matters podcast today that we mention that this scenario presents its own set of difficulties. Whether or not the original voy- voyagers volunteered for the mission, their children would not inherit it. See, waning dedication to the goal of shifting priorities could easily lead to a revolt and jeopardize the entire trip. Meanwhile, extinction represents a great and a much larger likelihood. Six billion people living on a large planet can survive epidemics, genetic damage, environmental disasters, and wars for a period of time. But a relatively few individuals, even up to a few thousand on board a spaceship, or if they're in a cluster of spaceships, they would be wiped out by so many catastrophes. Not even to mention by the psychological wear and tear that would take place. They've, there's been so many biosphere experiments that reveal that when small populations remain isolated or confined and vulnerable, they suffer rapid psychological collapse. Just look at us today. We've only been asked just to to quarantine ourselves in our houses, or on our beachfronts, or wherever we are. And we're going crazy. We can't even handle a couple of months of that. Imagine if you were in a spaceship for 80 to 90 years. See movies and TV shows and other forms of entertainment can take our imagination beyond the boundaries of the physical world. But despite the appeal of boldly going where no man has gone before. as Star Star Trek always talks about. See, there are really unattainable modes of transportation remind us of that escape from the results of humanity's sinful nature. And on this planet, it's really impossible. Rather pinning our hopes on Jesus Christ and His eternal plan, we take what is called great leaps of fantasy that we consider worth exploring. But we at Truth Matters Ministries, we believe very wholeheartedly that it's unlikely, as it may at first glance, to seem that UFO phenomena appears to be going mainstream. See, for most Christians and evangelicals, the belief in UFOs has been more a matter of amusement than concern. But in today's postmodern culture, the movement needs to be taken more seriously. That's why we're actually teaching on this now. How should Christians address this seemingly preposterous yet pressing issue? What should parents teach their children about aliens? How can youth workers answer the extraterrestrial questions of their teenage congregations? And How can the Christian employee capably address this topic with his or her coworkers? Does the church history provide any lessons for us? We should be aware of at least seven key issues while addressing those who believe in the existence of extraterrestrial intelligence, which is one. Here's the first one. It's just not a fringe belief anymore. No matter how far our belief in extraterrestrials may seem to be for some people, the fact is that belief in their existence has become more widespread than in vogue. In an issue of Popular Mechanics, Kenneth Nielsen, a scientist on the National Academy of Sciences Subcommittee for Solar Exploration, said, The search of life is no longer a fringe type of a thing. Politicians and scientists and astronauts and various celebrities. America's official worldview spokespersons concur that intelligent extraterrestrial life must be within the universe and that It's an arrogant to presume that humanity is the only intelligent life form. How many of you all have heard that? I've heard it a hundred times. A survey by USA Today revealed that 61% of Americans say that they actually believe humans are not the only life form in the galaxy. Hmm. I think it's interesting. Another survey revealed that 6% of Americans claim to have actually seen a UFO firsthand. You need more proof? That UFOlogy has permeated the American worldview? Well, consider the following. There's an American in the American public um, magazine, the USA Today. They did a survey that 43% of Americans believe UFOs are real. Astronaut Gordon Cooper, I believe he said this. He says, I believe that these extraterrestrial vehicles and their crews are visiting this planet from other planets and are obviously more advanced than we are. He said, I also have occasion in 1951 to have two days of observation of many flights and many different UFOs of different sizes and flying in higher formation, generally from east of west over Europe. And even our former U.S. President, Jimmy Carter, he says, I don't laugh at people anymore when they say that they've seen UFOs. He says, because I've seen one myself. President Gerald Ford, while in Congress in 1966, he said, I have a firm belief that the American public deserves better explanation than thus far given by the Air Force. I strongly recommend that there be a committee investigation of the UFO phenomena. I think we owe it to people to establish the credibility regarding UFOs and to produce the greatest possible enlightenment on the subject. Barry Gar- Goldwater, who was a senator, he was on the Larry King show. He says, they asked, uh, Barry Goldwater, Larry King asked him, do you believe... That the government is withholding information on UFOs? Goldwater said, yes, I do. They definitely are. Our U.S. government, back in 1992, the government authorized funding for NASA's search of artificial radio signals generated by extraterrestrial civilizations. Congress terminated the program in 1993, but it is now operated privately and is known as SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute. Late scientist Carl Sagan was perhaps one of the best-known scientists to have expressed a belief in the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligence. In 1977, he was instrumental in the launching of the Voyager Voyager spacecraft, which transport a gold-coated phonograph with recorded messages of music and sounds of the Earth in the hope that they will be able to communicate with the existence of other beings. And then number two, people really are seeing things. And, you know, I'm going to be very honest. I remember when I saw that what was called the Phoenix Lights Incident on the evening back in 1997, hundreds of people in Arizona observed a very unusual formation of lights that was well documented by video and eyewitness accounts. The incident creating a flurry of speculation concerning the nature of the lights, with the most popular being that it was extraterrestrials. The Air Force even acknowledged that the occasion with the explanation that the lights are, are, were actually flares. This was not the first time that such a report had received widespread attention. 50 years earlier, back in 1947, the term flying saucer entered the American lexicon when Ken Arnold reported seeing nine flying saucers near Mount Rainier in, in the state of Washington. He said they were traveling at speeds well beyond the capabilities of any conventional aircraft at the time. His report received international coverage. Approximately one week later, the so-called Roswell interdict took place, which also received international attention. Almost overnight, a foot was in the door of the emergence of a worldview that raised the question, are extraterrestrial beings really visiting us from outer space? Now, prior to the Phoenix Lights incident, one of the best documented and recorded UFO events in history occurred on New Year's Day 1993 in Mexico City. In broad daylight, approximately 2 p.m., a vast number of Mexico City residents reported a silvery, metallic object performing unusual aerial maneuvers above the many observers documented the occurrence with camcorders. Local television and radio shows also provided coverage of the event. The event even resulted in a minor traffic jam as drivers brought their vehicles to a stop to see the event that was taking place. Military and airline personnel, engineers, air traffic controllers, police, and people of all walks of life across the globe have made UFA reports. It is true that a significant number of reports are hoaxes and intentionally fraudulent, but the fact remains that credible people are witnessing events that they really can't explain where truth matters should however not conclude that because something is unidentifiable that it has extra extraterrestrial origins simply put ufo does not equal extraterrestrial intelligence it must be remembered that ufo is an abbreviation of unidentified flying object mark the word unidentified and note that it is the term that the individual making the report ascribes to the flying object, which simply means that it's not identifiable to the observer. In most cases, with minimal research, the object turns out to be quite explainable. With others, it may be a rare event, such as a satellite reentry. With a few, it is a result of a hoax or the vivid imagination of close encounter wannabes. I think it's important that there is no hard evidence that suggests that there is really any extraterrestrial intelligence. To date, there is no, not none. Not one nut, not one bolt, not one spaceship, not one carcass or transmission to provide any overwhelming evidence and convincing proof that extraterrestrial intelligence exists. This is not to deny that credible people are seeing inexplainable or unexplainable aeronautical and cosmic incidents, it is noteworthy however that the vast majority of UFO reports are easily explainable. This may not be a sensationalistic answer for which many people in our culture are looking for, but the facts remain that the overwhelming majority of UFO reports have earthly origins. For example, in 1947-1969, to the United States Air Force officially studied UFOs under the name Project Blue Book. The project, headquartered in Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, was terminated on 17 December 1969. Of the 12,618 sightings reported, 917 or 94% were solved. The conclusions of the study were, no UFO reported investigated. Any value by the Air Force was ever a threat to our national security. Two, there was no evidence submitted to or discovered by the United States Air Force that sightings characterized as unidentified represented technological developments or principles beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge. And three, there was no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as unidentified were extraterrestrial vehicles. Well, does biblical revelation lead lends us or lead us to support ETI? The Bible does not refer to intelligent life on other planets. The focus of the Bible instead is on humanity's need for redemption. When Jesus commissioned the disciples to preach the good news, he directed them to spread the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth, not to the uttermost regions of the galaxy or the universe. One doesn't have to read between the lines to understand that God has a great interest in people on earth, whereas we have no specific revelation demonstrating God's interest in intelligent life outside of earth. A dogmatic belief in extraterrestrial intelligence simply cannot be justified from Scripture. The focus of the ministry of Jesus Christ as well as the human race, the most famous verse in the New, New Testament, probably John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, earth that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever on earth believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's true that the Greek word for world cosmos can also be translated as universe, but the claim that this verse validates the Biblically proves that the existence of UTS is not only a massive stretch, but also it's a violation of hermeneutical rules. First, the word cosmos is used in other places in the New Testament specifically to refer to humanity second such an interpretation would be out of context with the entire bible as the whole because its message is clearly focused on the human condition and his need for redemption see but we also must mention that proof of extraterrestrial intelligence it would not undermine christianity even if extraterrestrials do exist god is their creator too according to genesis 1:1 god created the heavens and earth and everything for example, when he created angels, he didn't create just one type, but rather many different kinds. It shouldn't surprise Christians and or if any other life forms exist in, uniform, in the universe. We should learn from the what is called the, the Copernican revolution and choose our battles wisely and avoid what we call dogmatism and scientific issues that are not clearly articulated in Scripture. The bottom line for humanity is this. Nevertheless is that we on earth are spiritually corrupted in need of a savior for forgiveness, an everlasting life that is available only through Jesus Christ regardless of the existence of any extraterrestrial intelligence. But we also must mention that the UFO phenomena tends to have occult qualities. Due to paranorm- paranormal attributes of many UFO encounters, it can logically argue that some supernaturally devious activity exists within the UFO phenomena. Speaking generally, UFO abduction encounters are not pleasant and wholesome experiences. For the most part, they are nightmarish and events that often plague victims for years, if not for the rest of their lives. These abduction encounters are obviously not the work of a benign benevolent space brothers. False prophets and aliens consistently proclaim a different gospel. The religion of these beings is typically a version of Eastern metaphysics and mysticism or New Age philosophy, which is in, actually a very old, so old it goes back to the Garden of Eden with the temptation to be like God, according to Genesis 3 and 5. Paul warned the church in Galatia to, be, to beware of false teachings, regardless of how impressive the source might be. But even if we are an angel from heaven should come and preach any other gospel other than what we've already preached to you, he says, let them be eternally condemned in Galatians 1 and 8. We have many numerous reports of contact with aliens, and yet none of them so far has acknowledged Jesus Christ as a son of God. If you know of any, please write to me here at Truth Matters and let me know about it. They almost always sanction various Eastern and New Age groups instead of their official spokesperson. A significant percentage of all alleged conductees have admitted to being involved in some form of occult beliefs or practices. It is therefore reasonable to presume that in some of these cases a spiritual dimension is within the UFO phenomena, and it is obviously outside the presence, activity, and authority of the Holy Spirit. And it's also worth mentioning that the UFO phenomena is really an indication that people are on a spiritual quest. In Megatrends 2000, John Naisbitt accurately forecasted the late 90s and the early 21st century would experience an increased and renewed interest in spirituality, but that people would not necessarily seek out the mainline Christian denominations to have those needs met. He was right. Spirituality is big business. The typical secular bookstore has entire sections devoted to UFOs, Wicca, Eastern thought, and yes, even Christianity. An article in the New York Times Magazine described the surge of interest in revival, although the revival was not within Christianity per se. The Church should recognize this unique position in being the only candidate capable of truly meeting this need. The Church should therefore equip its members to translate the Gospel into a vernacular that the spiritually curious can really understand. See, we see the facts before us. The enemy of our soul has assembled legions of demons to deceive the world and to believe in the fiction of extraterrestrial intelligence. Holy Scripture is true. God made the heavens and earth and every living thing that was made is listed in the divine repository of God's holy word. We have seen. then. That the proof of the extraterrestrial intelligence is deficient and lacking, regardless of the existence of ETI, humanity needs redemption, which is exclusively available through Jesus Christ. The presupposition that his advanced alien race could solve the world's problems is misleading and totally deceptive. Such a hope is a cloud without rain. Christ alone is able to provide a solution to the problem of sin. And we have been commissioned to spread the good news to the uttermost parts of our planet we must focus our attention on that Gospel. In Jesus' name, Amen.